Welcome to a football show, Monday edition, brought to you by Sinkers Beverages and the Kingston Group, of course, here on the 440 Sports Network. That is Zach Lyons. I am Braden Gall. Great to have you guys here, of course. If you want to get involved, please jump into the comments section. Give us a little subscription there on the YouTube page. And if you listen to us in podcast form, rate, review, subscribe, and share the show, of course, as well. We do appreciate that. Today, an off-season preview. We are a little over a week away from the Combine. Uh, an off-season preview of the Titans' defense. We will do the offense coming up on Thursday, but we are going to look at every single position. How many starters are currently on this roster? How many guys do we think are rosterable? How many maybe should they bring back in free agency? And then, of course, what are the holes that this team has in, in all of those positions? And then how do we prioritize those needs moving into the offseason with, again, combined free agency and the draft coming up over the course of the next 8 to 12 weeks? So, Zach, good to see you, man. How are you, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Trying to figure out the camera layout. Had a little technical issues. Uh, the dogs trampled on the uh, sound bar down at the bottom, or the the mixer. So uh, had some microphone issues. <laughs> uh, but the dogs are okay, right? The dogs are good. Yeah, oh, the dogs are fine. Okay. Uh, make sure you check out all of his work, of course, at stackingtheinbox.com. Football and other efforts podcast, of course, brought to you by Bluegrass Beverages, Sinker's Beverages sister store. Uh, again, Kingston Group, buildkg.com. You guys know the website. Uh, and Sinker's Beverages over in East Nashville, the number one liquor store in Nashville, I believe three straight years in a row, as voted on by you, uh, the audience. Uh, a lot of other great stuff, of course, across the 440 Sports Network as well. Uh, if you want to make sure you're checking out, uh, as I said, uh, stackingtheinbox.com, F-Words Pod, but also Hot Read Podcast, Music City Audible, uh, so much great stuff for you guys. SEC Football Live, we've got great stuff across the platforms. So make sure you check it all out and support good local business and good local uh, content that's happening in your market. Uh, okay, so I guess ultimately, Zach, the point of this is to sort of set the, the 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 benchmark here for the preseason from a roster standpoint for the Tennessee Titans. And we'll do the defense today. We'll again, we'll do the offense on Thursday. And I wanted us to go through this exercise and sort of pinpoint exactly who is a locked in starter. And from there, I, I ended up with like, all right, here's some other guys under contract for now. The free agents, of course, that could walk, if if any of them should be targeted to, to be brought back, could they be penciled in as potential starters? Um, some young players that could develop. And then again, once we get done with that picture, I might have a broad, overarching change of heart about the defense, Zach, that I will present a little bit later on in the show. It'll be interesting because I have no clue what your original like thought process is. I mean, I guess... I guess you can't tell the people what your original thought process was or your change of heart, whatever it was. Uh, about then about the spoilery, then you're going to spoiler it for later. So Spo we'll just have to it. wait and see. We'll just Spo have to wait and see. Spoiler. No, I, it's just uh, about prioritizing the team's needs. I, gotcha. I, I think we've had a pretty, I think you and I and most people have had a fairly uh, predictable is not the right word, but maybe it's the right word for like what this team should focus on heading into the draft in particular with the seventh overall pick. I might have a little bit of a change of heart from from a priority uh, a priority standpoint. That's all. So, uh but I think you guys all My know My priority number 1 is to get good players. Good good players. That that's still number 1. I haven't changed that one. Yeah. So so uh, all right, I thought we'd start in in the secondary of course and I think Number one, there's more people under contract, it seems like, that might actually be starters in the secondary. But we're going to work uh, from the back up to the front of the defense, and we're going to start on on, on the, in the secondary. So how many safeties and corners, you can break them up as you want to go through each each group of this, these players, but 
How many definitive starters are on the roster currently and under contract for the Tennessee Titans in the secondary? Two. Roger McCreary and Amani Hooker. I mean, it's pretty straightforward that Roger McCreary may not be a starting outside corner, but as far as how the NFL uh, plays defense, as far as how Denard Wilson has shown to play defense uh, or may show to play defense uh, based on his you know history and stuff, Nickelback is a starter. Your starting nickelback corner is a starter in the NFL, so it would be Roger McCreary and Amani Hooker. Uh, if you're trotting out a two-cornerback set, he would technically not be the starter, but, but in the state of the current roster, he would be because there is, like, nobody <laughs> on this team. Uh, but as far as, as a starter for this team, Roger McCreary, Amani Hooker, hands down. So I've got those two written down. I've got Amani Hooker, two years left, of course. Then he's a UFA. McCreary, two two years left on his rookie deal. I, I agree. Assuming that you're going to have a slot corner, he is clearly your starting slot corner there. I wrote down Elijah Molden, and I had him down as a starter. because uh, that Now, could they go into free agency? And we'll get to this. They, they could address that and upgrade that position, which I think is, is maybe likely. But I think for now, he is guaranteed to be on the team. He's, he's got one year left on his rookie deal. And he is probably, if not a starter, the first guy off the bench. In, in yeah, I have him as a potential starter. So depending on what they do in free agency, like you said, I mean, I have it like starters, potential starters, long shot starters, and depth pieces. And so when when you're talking, when you ask me who's starting, who's a lot to start, you can't put Molden in that. But you can put Molden in as a potential starter that could eventually be a lock to start if they do not address it in free agency, if they do not bring back maybe a Kayvon Wallace, if they do not draft a safety, then yeah, Elijah Molden looks to be your starting safety. How do you feel about that in particular? Like, again, we could get into some of the... I've been very consistent in my Molden coverage over this season. Uh, when they started putting him at safety, I think we both agreed that safety was a better position. At some point, you were you misinformed yourself and you took a wrong the wrong stance that he was not good when he played at safety, and he was very good when he played at safety. Well, I would say very good. He was league average starting good when he played safety, and I have been that point the whole time that Elijah Molden... Good player, good, a uh, good average starting safety in the NFL. Good, but slightly above average hybrid player, I guess you would say, like slightly above average. Where if he's in the box or he needs to do different things, he can do stuff for you that most other people can't because he has good football instincts. He may not have the athletic skill, but he has it between the brains, and that's really what matters. And he has it. There's a lot of people, and you're not the only one, but there's a lot of people who fell who buried Elijah Molden at one point, then dug him up and propped him up, and then they buried him again. And I don't, I think that's incorrect way to look at it. And I think that if you don't think that at least Elijah Molden is a league average safety, then you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You, wait, so you're when you said you, you meant like me specifically, not like the Eventually, collective. yes. You, you were totally against Elijah Molden at what? some point during the regular season. <laughs> and I had to talk, talk... I dis disagreed with you. We disagreed on this show <laughs> okay, about okay. Elijah Molden during the season. And uh, so, yes, beginning you, then the, the royal you <laughs> the royal was used you. later. Well, I don't remember that at all. So if the audience wants to, you know, drag me Tony for that. Tony remembers that's, if he's watching. Totally fine. Because I know uh, he mentioned something in the uh, chat. Okay. I'm assuming he had a couple of bad moments. I do remember a few missed tackles because I've always appreciated his ability to tackle in space. But Elijah Molden is a player that I remember day one as a rookie that I thought was 
uh, like a, a very good, to your point, IQ football player. I, I think in the new positionless world that they are going towards, he brings a ton to the table because even if he is not your true like high point, too high safety look starter, because maybe he doesn't have those traditional skills. I mean, there are some 5'10", 5'11 safeties that can play that high point. Antoine Winfield, I think, is undersized. Um, but like he he gives you so much versatility to match up with whatever the, the offense wants to put in from a personnel standpoint. 21, 12, 13, wide, it doesn't matter. He can play a lot of those different positions. I, I am, as a football player, I am largely an Elijah Molden fan. So I'm just, I'm taken aback by my own takes, if that's what I said. So um, I, I've always thought he's a... People that went really hard on Elijah Molden right around the, the prior to the KB trade, I believe is when people, re- and maybe it was more of a, a reaction to KB being traded, but Elijah Molden was the better corner. And I had to, t- or not corner, better safety for um, a couple of weeks, after a couple of weeks. And he ended up being up the better safety anyway at the end of the year, yeah. but... I kept telling people how to tell people and bring the stats up that like the stats show he is a better safety than Kevin current Kevin Byard. So uh, <laughs> that's just kind of where I'm at on that. But here's the thing is that this team has a bunch of players that you could, you can upgrade from. I'm not saying that you cannot upgrade from Elijah Molden, but do you have True. to upgrade above Elijah Molden as a top priority for this defense? Not when you're looking at the rest of this team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, Z Dean says, of course, with the right coaching, Molden could be Geno Stone or better, in his opinion. Of course, uh, D Good says, I'm always Team Zach against Braden Elliott. Screw Braden. All right, we're off and running today. This is going to be a wonderful show brought that, to you by Sink- so, Sinker's Beverages. Yeah. <laughs> Trey Avery, take him or leave him. If he makes the team, he makes the team. If he doesn't make the team, he doesn't make the team. But I think that out of all the cornerbacks that we have yet to talk about or defensive backs that we have yet to talk about that are under contract, Trey Avery is a guy that may, that may be able to stick around, but we're talking cornerback six cornerback seven type stuff hopefully hopefully this team upgrades tremendously in the defensive backfield and it's got the quite the opportunity to do so oh oh yes it yes it does uh just a real quick note of course christian fulton sean murphy bunting terrell william uh, terrell edmonds excuse me Kayvon wallace probably the top four that are all free agents of course sean murphy bunting i think is very uh, a likely target to be brought back caleb farley still under contract for a year not sure what that means um, you've got some of these other names and I don't, a lot of these are just like sort of scout team contracts, essentially. Um, Eric Gare, Shaheem Carter, Anthony Kendall, Tay Gowan. Uh, these guys are under contract, but those are not like real contracts if, if for lack right. of a better term. Like, I mean, um, those are not players that you need to be to make. If you're a depth piece, I feel like you are a guy that's going to make the, that has a good chance to make the final 53. Those guys I do not feel the same about. But also, like you talk about Sean Murphy Bunty, it's one one twelve p.m. on a Monday. They still have about an hour and forty five minutes to get something done before his void years accelerate. Him, Aziz Al Shair, um, Derek Henry, and of course Ryan Tannehill, which you're not going to get anything done. But those guys, if if you if they let that slide, then you whatever your cap hit is for Sean Murphy Bunting, if you were to bring him back, would be one point six million and. If you want a little preview of whether I I talk about changing your tune, I don't think they bring Sean Murphy Bunting back. Hmm. And here's why. I think he's a good cornerback, too. 
So if they brought him back, I'm not going to be like a totally surprised or totally upset. But if I had to guess, the way that they talked about playing man coverage, the way they want to be physical and all that kind of stuff, that's not Sean Murphy bunting. Now, whether that's not Sean Murphy bunting because of the system last year or that's really his game, but last year he was not very good as a man cover corner. He had the 12th highest reception percentage percentage allowed in coverage, in man coverage, 20 catches on 29 targets for 69% rate. And like I said, maybe it's scheme related, but that doesn't scream like a guy that is going to fit with what this new look Titans team, yeah. Titans defense wants to do. So I'm a, I'm a little cool on Sean Murphy bunting, but I would be fine if he came back as cornerback too. It, it does feel like if they are going to spend big, a la Malcolm Butler's contract, that if they're going to spend big on somebody, it does feel like a number one corner, whether that's Legarius Sneed or you know Jalen Johnson at Chicago probably gets franchised. Um, you've got some lesser options that maybe aren't like true elite number ones, but it does feel like that if they do go big, and, and meaning contract size and, and investment, it does feel like corner could be the one that that free agency and dollars is is a more effective way to solve that problem than than some of the other positions. And thousand percent agree with you. Um, I think that when you look at some of the free agent uh, cornerbacks that are coming on the market, I think Jeff Jeff Okuda is a guy that people have kind of forgotten about, but he really rebounded under in Atlanta under that defense. And then, of course, don't forget the secondary coach was Steven Jackson. And yep. Frank Bush also knows Jeff Okuda. That could be a cheap option. Like if you brought in, instead of bringing back Sean Murphy Bunting and maybe paying for, because um, I guess we can go ahead and just talk about corners real quick. But yeah. if you were to bring in Chidobia Wuzie and Jeff Okuda instead that's of just paying Jalen Johnson, I think that's a better use of money than spending one big ticket item, get you two good starters in the NFL, Chidobia Wuzie and Jeff Akuto, who have ties to this staff, and bring in uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as well to be the safety opposite of Amani Hooker, and he has ties to this staff. I don't know. That sounds like a pretty good secondary. I, Instead of spending like $50 million on one guy, spread that $25 million, take that half, and spread it among three guys well, for the second. So I was looking at the numbers like Awuzie looks like he's about a seven ish million dollar player. Again, I'm just going to yeah. ballpark this for the sake of the conversation. Yeah, Gino Stone also around a seven. I'm going to put him on the same again, coached by Denard Wilson in Baltimore last year. He's about a seven million, 24 years old, about a seven million dollar player. Those two players is the cost of Sneed. And so if you right. could get if you could get Gino Stone and Awuzie at the same cost as Sneed, are you a better football team? Maybe not. But are you a deeper team? Better than with, last year. Yeah. No, yes. I just mean like with Snead, I mean. Like if oh, you're saying gotcha. if you're saying like Molden is this versatile piece you can move all around because Stone is now playing starting safety, with of course Awuzie, is that are you better than if you have Snead? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Are you a deeper team that has more options? Yes. The answer is yes. And so I think depth is is important here. And not to give away sort of uh, you know, again, my prioritization of the positions. But I, I think corner has – it was always like sort of second tier but pretty high. But I think there's a chance it might even be higher than, than I think we as a collective group think have talked about it. 
Well, I have kind of came around to that at the senior bowl. And then I'm with you even more like I'm more in that camp now. Like I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm just across the line, right? I'm maybe I'm haven't really bought a house yet. I'm just on the sidewalk looking. Now I'm ready to buy a house on that side. And just because of how this team apparently wants to play defense. And I think the words of Denard Wilson that we've talked about over and over that the way that man to man, they want to attack. The only way you can do that is by having corners who can play man to man and allow you your defense flexibility, versatility in terms of how you want to attack the quarterback. And I think the more defensive backs, the better. I think you have to have in today's NFL, you have to have a shutdown corner or at the very least two slightly above average corners. And the Tennessee Titans haven't had that since Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan playing the outside before Logan Ryan eventually moved on the inside. And then it was a Dory Jackson and Malcolm Butler and all three of those guys I thought were above average starters. And that's, I think the defense really showed out towards that 2019 coverage wise and that's what matters in today's nfl i I always think of that logan ryan year as the thing i want to see from elijah molden like that's that he's got he's got a similar skill set you can blitz him a couple of times a game if you want to he can cover if you need to he can cover backs he can roll him into the box and play him against tight ends so like I, i i i probably agree with you that he's not technically a locked in starter but i feel like he is a major contributing piece no matter what they do in free agency so again at least i feel like there are three commodities in the secondary when you really need like eight. <laughs> so, so yes, that's what either. I was about to say. You got McCreary, right? So with McCreary, you need still need with the way this roster looks, you still need three corners, right? Minimum. Yeah, probably you still need three corners. I mean, Caleb Farley's be starting caliber or anything like that, but you need three corners because you got to have depth and there is no depth on in this, this cornerback uh, room. Let me as far ha- as safety. You just need two guys. If one of those guys happens to be Kayvon Wallace, who yet again has history with Denard Wilson back when Denard Wilson was with the Eagles, that's a guy that with Elijah Molden and maybe you bring in Geno Stone, but I don't think that you would double dip with Kayvon Wallace and Geno Stone. You, you, there's a guy like Mike Brown that could be out there. Andrew Adams could come back. You know, there's guys like that that could be your fourth safety. But I think you got to find a safety, whether that's Kayvon Wallace, Geno Stone, or draft pick. Ed, Edmonds is not an option for you coming back. Just you like Wallace no, as no, a cheaper I'm fourth option. Okay, all right. Yeah, he's. I, I kind of. I mean, I guess a fourth option maybe. But if they don't bring him back, that tells you what Denard Wilson thought of him in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, okay, uh, Sinkers Be- football show brought to you by Sinkers Beverages and a Kingston Group. Uh, dry January's done, folks. Okay, go get you some booze. It's great. Booze is back. Uh, go, go, go and get some booze. They've got great bourbon. They've got great wine. They've got a huge champagne selection. And I guarantee you they beat on wine and champagne. I check it all the time in my neighborhood. Uh, Bluegrass and Sinkers will beat by a couple of bucks almost any price point in wine and champagne. So if you are... If, if you're going to the grocery store to pick that stuff up, you are caught, you are spending more money. So make sure you swing by Sinkers or Bluegrass. Of course, you can Uber Eats and have the booze delivered directly to your house, Zach. They'll drive so you can drink. There you go. Great bourbon selection. And join the in crowd. We've got plans for NFL draft watch parties, potentially. So make sure you join the in crowd over at Sinkers. It's going to have to be a requirement to be able to get into the, the party, hypothetically, should that happen coming up 
at the end of April. So make sure you sign up for the in crowd. Uh, Kingston Group, buildkg.com, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. That's right. It's a firm. Uh, so make sure you check those guys out. Okay. Middle linebacker. I found this one to be the easiest because there's nothing here. Um, <laughs> there's there's not a starter. Uh, no. I, they like Luke Gifford, I guess, is under contract. Otis Reese, I guess, is under contract. Um, Chance Campbell is under contract. They're both ER FAs, which are, um, uh, I even looked it up and now I forgot. It's, ex it's like ex exclusive rights free agency, I think is the yeah. term. Um, uh, obviously, you have Aziz Al Shair, Gibbons, all off the books at this point. So they can choose to bring one of those guys back. I think most people think. Uh, Al Shayer will be back, but but either way, there are no starters. I don't and know, I'm not, and I'm not sure there's a starter who's even under under the, the the depth pieces that are clearly scout team players. I'm not sure there's even a starter there either. Well, yeah, I I look at it. I said there's a long shot starter, and you first off, you have your this long shot starter can also be a depth piece with Chance Campbell and Luke Gifford, which Luke Gifford probably maybe even will get cut. So I don't even know he's teetering on that line, but. Otis Reese, I, I, you know, I'm not here to say any that he's like a potential start. He's a long shot starter, but he's violent. He has maximum effort. He's fast and athletic. He's this kind of stuff that they were describing, and he put up some really good stuff on tape. He's a long shot starter. If he's your primary linebacker, you're in trouble. <laughs> if he's your secondary linebacker, you, you may be all right. But he should be a rotational piece. But again, long shot starter. Aziz Al Shair, I think he's testing the market. And I think he's probably going to end up back with San Francisco. And here's why mm. he was signed to a one year deal, right? One year deal play. And he's still relatively young. One year deal players typically are in a uh, prove it year, right? They're trying not only to prove it to the team that signed him, but they are proving it to the entire NFL. And the biggest knock on Aziz Al-Shair was, can he play 17 games? And he played 17 games. He had 108 solo tackles for fifth in the league, 49 assisted tackles for fifth in the league. He was tied for uh, 11th in the league in run stop rate at 9.6%. David Long was just 10.7% run stop rate. So there wasn't a huge difference. And I kept trying to tell people that, but they want to look, Oh, well, the PFF run grade says, well, yeah, but I mean, think of the defensive line difference between what the Titans have and what the Dolphins had last year. But at the end of the day, the raw stats tell you the advanced stats tell you that he had a damn good year. And he did it playing 17 games, playing a ridiculous amount of snaps, hardly ever came off the field. And so he answered a big, big question for him and his agent can you and to the nfl can you play a full 17 games as a, and be an above average nfl starting inside linebacker yeah and he answered yes to both those questions i'm not so sure that he is going to come back and dre greenlaw rupturing his or tearing his achilles yeah at the last minute yeah and guess who was down there pregame? Yeah. You know, yeah. with the hyping him up, yeah. hyping him up. Yeah, hyping so, him up. All right, I'm not. Well, I would love them to come back, but kind of like Sean yeah. Murphy Bunting, I'm not convinced that he is coming back. So let me. There's a lot there. Let me try to react to some of it because um, I agree with D. Good here on Otis Reese. He's a good three right now. I think that's exactly right. I think he makes the team. I think Otis yeah. Reese is going to make the roster. I don't think he should be a starting linebacker. I think he's a good backup piece and a nice rotational piece. I will say, going to camp last year, for, he was noticeable every time he was on the field. 
He was noticeable. And then I think he put some good film, to your point, together in the last couple of weeks of the season. Um, I think Aziz Alshair is a really, really high-end number two middle linebacker. I think he's one of the best high-end number two linebackers. But he is not the dog like that. that is like a superstar. Like when you look at Nick Bolton or Fred Warner or – you know, Roquan Smith or like these guys they also who are, have running mates, by the way, that are true. not Jack Gibby. True, true. Very true. Which brings me to my <laughs> the last entire point. defense around those linebackers are really, really good. Who is a linebacker yes. that is it was in a similar situation as Ezal Shayer and put up those kinds of numbers? Well, like to your to your point, that's the question you have to ask. Well, I don't know the answer to that question. Levante David and Devin White, both available, running mates, right? Like running mates. Yeah. Patrick Queen, running mate with Roquan Smith, to your point. Greenlaw, running mate with, with Warner. But but ultimately, is Aziz Al-Shair that, that elite number one guy that changes your whole defense? He's, he's not. He's a very, very good number two. But no inside linebacker really changes your what's, defense anymore. So what's crazy to me is the list of names available in free agency. And I think they're almost all going to be too expensive. So if you can find one of these aging veterans, you know, whoever, Pet but they Perriman, can't, right? Can I, can I say something real quick? But they can't yeah. be all be too expensive because that's not how the linebacker, the linebacker market is the running back market for the defense. They all can't be too expensive. Well, that's that's what I was going to say is if if somebody gets huge numbers, Pat, you know, Patrick Queen or Devin White or Josie Jewell, whoever is it that gets the big number, it's going to move down quickly. And when you get to the, like, whether it's Devin Bush or Perriman or Quan Alexander, there's a lot of guys that have played a lot of snaps who are veteran players who have some, who still have stuff left to, to play for. And at some point, one of those guys is going to get to a price point where it makes a whole lot of sense for the Titans to go get one of them. Because here's ultimately the problem. If you were to put the top eight middle, I don't have the snap count in front of me, but yeah. if you put the top eight linebackers, middle linebackers, not outside pass rushers, but middle linebackers, if you had the snap count for the top eight, there's a chance that one is coming back on this roster. And that might be Otis Reese. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a chance that you have an entire, like the entire top eight, like three deep of middle linebackers could all be gone and not on this current roster right now. And again, um, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I see us anybody on here, especially if Al Shair leaves and goes somewhere else. Yeah. That, that's the problems. Like, okay, maybe you bring over Oren Burks. Maybe you no. take a chance on being able to rehab Devin Bush, maybe Devin White, but Devin White really has not been that great. You know, he hasn't been consistent and some stuff that was going down in Tampa Bay really raises your eyebrows. I mean, Willie Gay Jr., Patrick Queen, I think are 100% upgrades over Aziz Alshayer. I think everybody else is kind of the same. Well, and Queen could cost you like, more than $10 million. <laughs> like I do like Willie Gay. I think that's an interesting one. I really like Devin Bush's first and second down ability. I don't love his third down ability. Um, and I'm not sure um, uh, who was the first one you mentioned. Uh, I don't like Oren Burks. I don't like him at all yeah. in space. I just think he got exposed in, in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. So I don't, I don't like him. But I, I think there is there there is something to be said about, you're absolutely right, they have running mates. But there is something to be said about having a true difference maker at middle linebacker, and you don't have to get them in the first round. So the good news there is maybe you trade back and get extra picks. Let me tell you court. something. There ain't one in this this draft class. 
Yeah, I mean, you might be right. I mean, you might there be is right. no difference maker at linebacker in this draft class. I th- I think that really your best bet is to take a flyer on Nathaniel Watson, the Mississippi State middle linebacker. I re- I'm really liking what I see from his uh, tape, what I saw at the Senior Bowl game. That week wasn't that great, but the, the game was really good. But I I think that – I think everybody's going to have to kind of set the – this is the one place in free agency, the draft, and the – different um and the holes that this team has to fill where it does not line up for the tennessee titans very well no it doesn't and that's uh, why it's kind of, kind of surprised that as of right now they have not gotten aziz al shair but i think that if i was his agent i'd be leveraging free agency and the market at yeah, this point yeah. because i think that he's probably a top five linebacker in this free agent class i i will say though to, to your point about like if you go look at middle linebackers that are there are so it's like running backs this year in free agency. Yeah. They, they, there are so many of them available. And if you just are willing to find the guy that you like the most and wait again, this is just contract or hate value. the least. If you want to look at it that way. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, uh, like some of the, again, there's a lot of experience here and some of these guys are maybe just too old. I get that. But Devin White's only 26. I didn't realize that Josie Jules, 29, Bobby Wagner, Jordan Hicks, Levante, David, Devin Bush, Patrick Queen, Denzel Perriman, Oren Burks, Ezekiel Turner, uh, no thanks to Zach Cunningham, Shaq Leonard, Willie Gay, Quan Alexander, Jared Davis. I mean, there's a there's so many guys that are available. Could you find the right one and maybe pay four or five million and overpay by a million bucks and get somebody that's sort of down but like fits what you like and then package Wh- them with Oscar? You know? I mean, like whoever you get, unless you get Patrick Queen, and maybe they will go spend money on pay- like I think they'll spend money, but I think there's only gonna be like two big ticket items throughout this whole thing. I, I agree. And, and, and that's fine. They're, they're your long-term, like Patrick queen would be a good big ticket item to spend money on because he's so young and he's so good. Devin white is, is worse than Aziz Al Shair. So like, yes, maybe he's better in this system with Frank Bush and Denard Wilson than he was down in Tampa Bay, but he's playing for a guy in Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles, who, Guess what? Some of this, the stuff that he that Denard Wilson will be incorporating is stuff that Todd Bowles runs. And if he can't run it for Todd Bowles, he's probably not going to be able to run it for Devin White. So it's it's a bad it's a bad year to need an inside linebacker. It's to me the strategy would be don't spend money on linebacker unless it's Patrick Queen. I mean, I agree with Stoney here. Who says Patrick Queen or wait till twenty twenty five. But get, but build around. No, build your defense knowing you ain't got shit at inside linebacker. At this point. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Uh, so again, if it's if it's like Willie Gay and Al Shair for yeah, like okay eight million, and I bucks like Willie Gay. Uh, I, like mean, I think he's probably a little bit better than Aziz Al Shair. Yeah, I think that's it's, a good it's rough. It's rough sledding out there for it linebackers. <laughs> Life is hard out here for a middle linebacker. It is. But also, just like safety and running back, which we'll talk about on, on Thursday with offense, those are the ones that are easiest to find late in the draft. You can yes. find fourth, fifth, sixth round players that are contributors routinely in, in the, at that position. So and, and this, this draft one. is littered with linebackers that are day three linebackers that have good <laughs> upside, but you're going to have to coach them. All right, so, so far, (laughs) with almost two-thirds of the defense covered, we have a grand total of two starting players for the Tennessee Titans. Two starters and one uh, Elijah Molden. (laughs) An Amani Hooker, a Roger McCree, who's a slot corner (laughs) at that. 
and then a half a safety slash half a slot corner in Elijah Molden. No linebackers, no middle <laughs> linebackers. We're off to a great start, Titans fans. Make sure you go to Sinker's Beverages if this team makes you drink. Uh, Kingston Group if it makes you break shit around your house. So go check it out. Uh, all right, so that, that takes us to the outside linebackers and the pass rushers. I have a ass starter here. And of course, with Harold Landry, three years left on his major contract. Harold Landry clearly, absolutely, unequivocally a starter on this team. And that's it. Yeah, I would say your potential starter is Arden Key, right? Because Arden Key is going to stick around. We we saw that he maybe could not handle a full workload, but he still ranked really highly in a bunch of advanced metrics. But, I mean, it wasn't consistent over the course of the year, but you have a new defense, you have better coaches, you have better scheme, theoretically. Maybe he takes a Jadavian Clowney-like leap, you know, where he just suddenly shows up in the last year of his contract. And listen, Guys who show up in the last year of their contract on a two-year deal, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's fine. That's fine, right? I mean, you, at least you got something out of them. M- but, money, mo- money motivates all of humanity. I'm fine with money yeah. motivating people. I'm fine with that. But when you look at this, this, this class, these unrestricted free agents, it's a really good list it of is. players to pull from that are probably better on a week-to-week snap-to-snap basis than Arden Key, who is better in a rotational role. The problem is, is that you're talking about guys that are somewhat a little old. Daniel Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Leonard Floyd, Josh Allen, and Brian Burns, and Clavon Chasen are both are, I probably butchered that name, are all, and then you got Josh Uche. uh, I mean, Brian Burns could cost you $20 million. Yeah, but you got to decide, is this where you're going to spend your money? And how is is that how you're going to do it? They But there's guys like Marcus Golden, you know, right, that Anthony Barr, Anthony Jennings. I mean, like you got guys like that. But I also think the defense, uh, the defensive draft in this area is really good, too. But, but right now it's Arden Key, Rashad Weaver and Caleb Murphy are your guys um, that are depth guys. And. Caleb Murphy, I, I mean, they kept him on the roster all damn year, but that seems like a Mike Vrabel issue, not a he deserved it. Yeah, I was gonna say let's let's. I want to zero in on the roster currently first because there, there are. I agree with you, a lot of pass rushers. I think some of them are have turned into like third down guys that are just going to come on and be sort of pass rush specialists, like Leonard Floyd, for example. I don't know if it's a guy you want out there on first and ten on on the vast majority of times, but he's really decent at coming off the edge and being explosive. But it's it's clearly Harold Landry, it's Arden Key, two more years. Like Arden Key's clearly a guy that's a rotational piece for sure. Rashad Weaver has one more year left on his contract, and then Caleb Murphy has two years left on his entry level deal or whatever it is. So like you've got those four pieces. And it's kind of just for one spot, maybe two starting spots, depending on the, the the down and distance and the situation you're talking about. So uh, while I think they need a clear upgrade at this position, like a dog, like a TJ Watt style player, the way they need a number one lockdown corner. And if you're going to spend and you're looking at the defense, the two areas you would probably spend the big dollars on on a big ticket item would be pass rusher or cover corner. Those would be the top mm-hmm. two. I, I I don't think they need a ton of depth here, but I do think they need at least one more big piece. And I don't know, to your point about looking at, like, it, Brian Burns, to me, is the luxurious Sneed of the of this position, right? Like, if you're going to spend four years, 60 million, or four years, 70 million, and you're going to spend a big, big dollar figure, Brian Burns is the type of guy you go get at this in this at this position. But otherwise, there's a lot of aging veterans that you could put in there. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that Brian Burns is is that guy that you would break the bank for if you're going to. But I kind of think that this is a one that you kind of maybe attack in the draft. I think that there are some guys that maybe like a Jalex Hunt that many people don't know about, but he was at the free agents or at the Senior Bowl, and he's got some really good measurables. We'll see how he performs at the combine, but he's he's a guy that you could really start to shape. You could shape him. He's like almost a um, blank slate, right? A blank canvas. And maybe that is better to get that guy, a rookie, than it is. And then just kind of let Rashad Weaver, Carl, or Carl, sorry, Carl Lawson's up on the screen. Rashad Weaver, uh, Arden Key kind of like roll around as far as like trying to figure out who they are, what they are, and all this kind of stuff. But in, in, uh, Stoney's right about what Jalex Hunt. He loves the football IQ of Jalex Hunt, and I he I think that matters, and I think that's a guy that you could get maybe in the fifth round. That you're think fifth, sixth, seventh. That you're thinking, okay, well we there's more upside to him than there is Rashad Weaver. Yeah, Rashad Weaver had a really high floor, but he hasn't he hasn't really left that floor since he got drafted. <laughs> Jalex Hunt. Has a high floor, high ceiling, and I think that when you got teachers, you can take chances on uh, projects in motion. I don't think that's the word I'm looking for, but like it, a work in progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so we talked to so Daniil Hunter is is the other guy. Kalevon Chason is the other guy. Both LSU guys, I think. So they got the weird names. Here's my question. So. Like Leonard Floyd's like seven, eight million dollar projected market value. Kaylevon Chason's about three, four million projected value. Josh Uche's in that seven, eight million dollar projected value. Those are sort of the second, those are down a, a peg from the Legarius Sneed sort of version of this. You said you think we need two, three corners, at least two. Do you feel like that this position is one that where where one piece is all you need? Or do you think it's like, hey, let's go get a, ch- a chase on for three and let's add Floyd for nine and let's sort of throw a bunch of stuff at the wall? Or do you think it's go get the one big one? Like, wh- wh- do you see what I'm saying? Well, I think it depends on like who is the guy on the defensive line, right? Because we haven't got these kind of, you know, because like Danico Autry, I think you wouldn't, if you brought Danico Autry back, you wouldn't have to spend anything in free agency on an outside linebacker. But yeah, if you I, don't bring yeah. Danico Autry back, then you have a defensive lineman. Can that defensive lineman also go drop back in coverage? Yeah. So it's, you know, you're kind of looking when you're talking about positionless football, you're kind of looking at a defensive end that can also drop back in coverage, or you're talking about an outside linebacker edge rusher that could put his hand in the dirt because the, those kind of tie, because you need, it's Jeffrey Simmons on that defensive line and nobody. <laughs> well, we can get, so I, we can I, I mean, you kind of have to talk about them both. Yeah. But to just clarify where we're at on the edge, Harold Landry starter, Arden key potential starter. Uh, then you have Weaver and Murphy on the defensive line. You have Jeffrey Simmons and nobody. And it's one better than the linebackers, but it's, it's true. <laughs> so uh, Autry, nobody Autry Gibson, Davidson, TK, uh, Black, I don't even know Ross Black. Like they're all free agents. You've got uh, Bohanna, your guy, um, Coburn and Brown, who are under like 
you know, again, make the practice. Not convinced Quentin Bohan is a person. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and again, Weaver can, in certain situations, play that that sort of more true defensive end in, in a 3-4 system, if that's what you're asking him to do. But you don't want him on the field. You want him as a rotational piece. So I, I think Autry coming back, even at his age, is a concern. But I think this is important to consider where are we as a team? And if the, if that's what that's what I would be asking myself if I'm in that meeting is are we ex- trying to win a Super Bowl this year? The answer is no. So right. c- are you okay with the diminished Danico Autry uh, for a year, maybe two, because you're not trying to win a Super Bowl in the next year or two? That's where I think Sean, even Sean Murphy Bunting, even Al Shair, and even I'm just using these guys because they all have sort of like similar yeah sort of quality. They're they're good stop gaps in the short term, and I think Autry, while he has been great at his age over the last few seasons, that is going to get, that's going to come down the, the, the production and the injuries are going to happen more. And I think you can't count on them for more than a year, maybe two. Yeah. Cause you got guys like, uh, Clillan Farrell, you know, Jordan Phillips guys that two guys that do two different things on the defensive line. So what do you, you need everything. It's almost like you need a you need a tier tart and you need a Danico Autry. That's what <laughs> those are the positions that you're trying to fill on this team. You need a run stopping, you know, nose tackle beast of a man that can line up to Jeffrey Simmons on at least you know two to three downs every, every you know on the drive, or and you need a Danico Autry that can play on the defensive line, but also out in coverage and make plays and rush to pass and all that kind of stuff. And that's that's. It's a very simplistic way to look at it, but that's what this team needs, and they don't have it. I mean, we're we're through the defense, right? Just to keep everybody updated. Starters: <laughs> Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, Roger McCurry, Imani Hooker. Two potential starters: Arden Key, Elijah Molden. Okay. Yep, I agree long with that. Shot starter: Otis Reese, long shot starter, <laughs> and then you got five depth guys: uh, Rashad Weaver, Caleb Murphy, Chance Campbell, Luke Gifford, Trey Avery. That is, if you were to split it evenly, right? Punter, kicker, long snapper, taken out of the final 53, and you're splitting it evenly with 25 defenders on the final 53 and 25 offense players on the 53. We have 12 of 25 uh, listed. <laughs> and the majority of them are not starters. <laughs> right. So this this or leads starters. me, this leads me or perfectly. 11. This leads me perfectly into uh, sort of not, not it's not an epiphany because it's just, a, it's a minor tweak for me. And I think the conversation so far, both pre Christmas and the end of the season and since has been the debate about tackle or receiver at number seven. And while if Marvin Harrison falls to you at seven, I completely agree. They should take him. (laughs) I like, I'm not arguing that point. So let's, let's remove the stupidity part of the argument. The odds are they're not taking a receiver at seven. There's a chance Joe Alt is there and they love him. There's a chance maybe one of these other tackles is like their guy and they love him and they're going to take him. But what I have what I have come around on in this is that I think even with the second round pick, you are looking more at pass rusher or corner more so than I think I previously acknowledged. And we even kind of talked about this. Hey, they edge and corner. They still need one of those guys. If they see a guy, if they trade back in the first round. I could see them taking a corner or an edge if they trade up in the second or back in the second to add an extra pick. I could see receiver being a third rounder, which I know will drive fans nuts. But your best offensive player right now 
is a wide receiver. <laughs> you right. you have you have your you have your running back who is probably going to be a top three or four targeted player on the offense in Tajay Spears. Hopefully, I like to, and I know no one wants to count Traylon Burks as anything, but like that's a former first round pick that I guarantee you, uh, Tyke wants to get get his hands on. There's certainly lots of free agents there. I just think there's a chance that receiver is actually further down the list of priorities than people think because I am looking at this depth chart on defense saying, holy shit, you have got to find some starting pieces and you have nobody at like linebacker, corner. I mean, like you need too much on this side of the ball. Now, I think... I think you maybe have misspoke because it kind of cut okay. peaked my ear too that you don't think that they're in on wide receiver at all at seven. And that, I, I, and think I, think Marvin, that, I, I think if I think if Mar like if one of if they have Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors as like the best player in the draft and they fall to them at seven, then absolutely they're gonna they're interested in that. Brock Bowers maybe too. What I'm saying is is that I think that like a, as a priority, I think we have talked about this draft and the offseason as tackle and receiver as the top two priorities. And I think corner and edge rusher are closer to being in that conversation with receiver than I previously thought. And I think offensive line is still clearly number one. And so I think if there's not a corner or a pass rusher, they should take it seven. In my opinion, there's no, there's not, but if they're back know, in Mitchell's going to be, he's going to move up. He's going to be damn up. good. But if they uh, move back to just 12, then, yeah. then Mitchell's absolutely in play there is kind of what I'm getting at, more than a receiver right. would be, in my opinion. So there's a lot of people who think that you should not trade out of this pick at all. Uh, your, your, our compatriots over at MCA, uh, Justin Mello, he's very against trading back in the first round. Now, he's very pro trading back in the second round, and I agree. I'm, I'm pro both of them. But, and here's why. So if Tennessee at number seven, looking at the Jimmy Johnson draft chart here, okay? Tennessee at seven, 1,500 is the value of that pick. If you traded back to New Orleans at 14, that's 1,100. You can get New Orleans' um, uh, second round pick at 400, which is 45th overall at 450. That's paying a premium, right? So we're talking about 50 points more on the side of the Titans. You're get, you're gaining 50 points on that. That's paying a little bit of premium, but you can get a first and a second from New Orleans who may want a quarterback of the future, sure. who may sure. want something else. If you're if you do that, that's a good trade to make. Uh -huh. And that still still allows you to trade back in round 2. That allows you to have three picks in the top 50. So okay, I love this idea. So That's a very good very good haul. So in my mind, if you drop back to 14 and let's say you get Nate Wiggins, Quinion Mitchell, or Terry and Arnold there, that's fine. I don't think there's a first round edge rusher in this class. I, 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 I'm not I'm not in on any of these edge rushers in the first round. So I, that's where I would disagree with you on that end. No, I don't think that I don't think they are. I agree with you. I don't think there is either. Okay. Um I, I actually think, and this is a perfect example. I think this is a great scenario. They still take tackle at 14 because we know they're yeah, still gonna they be good there's ones. Available. There's, there's Brian Thomas, be, who's a good right. wide receiver. But here's what I'm here's what I'm coming around on. Uh, they still go, they trade back to 14, they pick up 45. Their pick right now is what, 37, 38, 37, 38, 38. So they'll have 38 and 45. That's a perfect uh, sort of explanation for how I'm thinking about this now. If they're on the clock at 38 and 45, they're taking corner first. That is where, like, that's where my, my, my head is because the receiver class is deeper 
And I think corner and honestly, just doing this exercise on the defensive roster, I think they have more depth at outside linebacker. You sign Autry, you don't necessarily need the piece corners better in the draft. Anyway, I'm just saying, I think corner and receiver are much closer to being even in their minds than I think we have had a conversation about writ large fans, media, this show. I don't know if I can agree with that just because of everything that Brian Callahan has said. Now, maybe Rain Carthon has a different point of view, and that's ultimately what matters in the big scheme of things is what's his point of view of what is necessary. But also, I think that if you look at, let's say, if you they sign Tyler Boyd, if they sign Darnell Mooney, that but they don't get a Jalen Johnson or Chidobia Wuzier, and they just have, let's say they just get um, a Kudo. Well, which will, then you could say, well, they got DeAndre Hopkins. They have Traylon Burks. They have Chica Conquo, who I know he's a tight end, but that counts in terms of pass catchers. They have Ty J Spears as a pass catcher. You, okay, you still got maybe Traylon Burks as your number three. That puts, I know people don't want to hear that, but in terms of roster building, that does put wide receiver down a little bit yep. under cornerback. So it's free agency for me is going to dictate. Yep what all this is, how this all lays out, how the roster's being built, what the contract terms are for these players as well. That all matters. Right now, I think wide receivers, the clear, clear choice at seven for them. Is it the right choice? I don't know, but I think mm. it's the clear choice for them. I think it, and if I were, and I think it's obviously Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, then Roma Dunze as their top three. Obviously, it's everybody's top three, but I think that's the order they put it in. And I think about all three of those guys are going to be over any any of the tackle prospects and any and, of the and I think prospects, anybody I, else. I would have a gap between Neighbors and Adunze, honestly. I don't I think, think there is a gap. So. I don't think there is as big a gap as everybody wants to make it out to be. No, I'm just saying and my opinion for what this team. Yeah. Yeah. For, but, but your, your opinion is not alone. It's not a, it's a, that is the majority opinion of, gotcha. Gotcha. of most people. So, but, but I disagree. The, I side with more. I think that he's the second best one because I think he has a more complete game, more route runner. And I think people okay. don't understand how much he had to adjust the ball to uh, account for he's, Michael Penix's. Penix. He, he's a fantastic uh, traffic catcher. There's no, there's no question about that. He, here's ultimately he speed for days. I think, I think his speed is often overlooked. Uh, so the, the question uh, to your point, it will be, we will have far more clarity through free agency if they go sign Snead, then this is a different conversation. If they go sign, yeah. you know, Daniil Hunter, I'm just I'm just throwing shit out there. Yeah. It's a different conversation. If they go sign Calvin Ridley, it's a different conversation. We're going to have a different conversation. We will adjust our information. There will be a real interesting conversation about Calvin Ridley on this show before free agency. Because <laughs> I know you're a Calvin Ridley guy, but I wonder, I wonder if Nick Colts is. So I, I, so look. We can do the. You're we, right. I mean that 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 changes everything. If Calvin absolutely. Ridley is signed, this team is not drafting a wide receiver no. in the the first two rounds. I, I just think personally. So let, let me ask the question again and just see. Yeah. Maybe you disagree because I. This is where I've come around. Just per, my personal opinion based on team need, depth chart, and projecting forward, sort of locked in starters, and what we know is going to be on the roster and depth in the draft which is that I think that if they can find a pick in the third round, that they are more likely to, to prioritize a corner as they are currently constructed 
than a receiver because there's better receivers available in the back half of the second round and the third round, whereas at 30, uh, 38, corner could be much more in play, or even if they move back in the first round, corner is much more in play because currently on the roster, they have three or four receivers and with the best player on the offense being a number one receiver right now. And corner, they have nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. They don't have anything. Yeah, I I agree. We, I think me and Stoney during the Senior Bowl really started emphasizing more about the corners, but this is also a real, much like the wide receivers, this is a very deep corner class in my opinion yeah. as well. So it's it's just a very, it's a weird, interesting draft to where I think the Tennessee Titans options at seven are not just tackle and wide receiver. I don't want Terry and Arnold at seven. I don't want. Yeah, I, I and I don't either. But I think that there are there's trade backs, there's trade ups, that, which I would Ooh. not recommend. There's there's Quinion Mitchell. Um, there's Nate Wiggins, who I think a lot of people have kind of like, kind of started kicking to the side because there's other pre draft darlings shooting up like Quinion Mitchell. Yep. Listen, there's Jerzon Newton. I mean, people don't want to talk about, it, but you put Jazon Newton next to J uh, Jeffrey Simmons. That helps your defense just as big, much as anything else on the in this thing. Big so defensive tackle. There's, there's a lot of options. Yeah. Brock Bowers. So here's what's funny though. This is the good news for the trade back folk, and maybe the bad news for the stick and pick folk. It is a very good draft class in the first 100 picks for tackle, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and corner. Which means those are three, they're probably the three top needs for the team. And so you've got to figure out a way to get an extra pick. You got to do it. I don't know what that means. And maybe to your point and what Mello was saying on Music City Audible, check out that show. If you move back in the second round from 38 to like, you know, whatever, 50, pick a number, you can still get one of probably three or four or five different receivers that you think can come in and play as a number two or three right away. And if yeah. that, and if that's the case, then to me, I think you have to create a premium benchmark for number seven overall. And if it's like Harrison or bust, and it's not that I don't love neighbors, I do, but I think it is not nearly as big a need as the offensive line, in my opinion, in my opinion, that's just how I see it. Now, if they go sign two tackles in free agency, uh, that could change this conversation as well. Yeah, it's all it's all about free agency right now. I, I kind of feel the draft talk as far as what they have to do or what they need to do is just so premature right now, because first off, this team yeah. is so, so devoid of talent. They just can't throw away any kind of position. We don't know what the top six is going to do. We don't even know if the same top six teams are going to be the top six teams. So you don't know what's ahead of the Tennessee Titans. Right. You don't know who the free agents are. And I know people just kind of love, you know, spinning their wheels and flapping their gums about, you know, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. You have to get this player. You have to get that player. I don't know. Like you, 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 if you get a third round pick and you draft Malachi Corley and pass up a wide receiver in the first round, I think you're fine. Yes. A million. Like, percent. I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at. A, mil a million percent. That's what I'm saying. I, I think it's tackle corner receiver. I think that's the order. If I had to guess right now, but let me ask you this. We'll wrap up. I think, I think from their perspective, it's receiver tackle corner. Okay. But that can change, right? Absolutely. Right now. Sinker, Sinker's Beverages, Kingston Group, two great sponsors, Stack in the Inbox, of course. Uh, all the other great shows across the network, Music City Audible, Hot Read, SEC Football Live. we got something for you guys, so make sure you stay tuned and check all that great stuff out. So final question then is hypothetically, and you don't have to get into names here, but kind of two questions. One is, do you think they spend 
on a big ticket item on defense in free yes. agency. Okay. Yes. I think it's either they're going to either spend on a corner, an edge rusher, or a linebacker. You may be able to get a linebacker in a corner and a linebacker in an edge rusher. Uh, so I kind of am like, if you set it at 1.5 as big ticket items on the defense, I may be tempted to take the over. And and assuming that like eight million dollars for a linebacker is big ticket, right? Like, is yeah. that what you're kind of getting at? Like, yeah, okay, I would well, I would think so. I think there is. I don't know. One, Let me see what Patrick Queen is. Well, he's I think he's like eleven or twelve million dollars. So he yeah, could but be that would insane. be more. That to me would be more big ticket. Yes, I agree with that. In my head, I think there is one big ticket free agent signing on defense. And I don't know. I my You're assumption eighteen point five average. It's nuts. Holy crap. It's nuts. I'm out. <laughs> it's a it, no. But Queen is Queen has been weird with this lately. I think it is corner because we know Denard Wilson wants to play press man coverage more than he's probably letting on. <laughs> and I think uh, I think that that is the the thing that is hardest to find. They have the most slots to fill, and there's a bunch of guys that are available. So I, to me, that's that would be my guess. But we shall see. Combine is up next first, of course. And then we'll go uh, and dive into uh, free agency, which I believe is March 11th, I believe. So we're about we're we're a little we're less than a month away yep. from from free agency. So legal tampering period is a couple of days before that. Um, we're going to do the days away. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. We can't <laughs> off. We're going to do this entire exercise for the offense uh, coming up. And again, I'm doing this exercise to your point about best players. They've got to add pieces I will say this. If you are going to start a roster rebuilding process, you could argue that the two toughest positions to fill on a football team in the NFL are starting quarterback and elite defensive linemen. And they have both of those things to start this process. So I'm going to end on a high note here, Zach. And I'm going to say, look, you got your quarterback for cheap right now for three more years. And you have Jeffrey Simmons, one of the best players in the world at his position. If you're going to, if you have nothing else <laughs> and you only have two good players so far, you do have the two most important positions and maybe the two most difficult positions to find already filled with pieces that you believe in long term. So that's my, that's my spin. That is some, that's good positive note to end on. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Uh, Sinkers Beverages, of course, Kingston Group. Make sure you check out our wonderful and amazing folks. Uh, over there, support local, good local business. Subscribe to Stack in the Inbox. Check out football and other F words and all the other great shows across the 440 Sports Network. We do appreciate you guys listening. Click subscribe on the YouTube page. Share it, of course, on the podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. We do thank you all for supporting us and for listening and for hanging out. So go, go to Sinkers and sign up for the in crowd as well because that'll give you an option to maybe, maybe hang out with us during the draft and all this stuff that's going on. For Zach, I am Braden. Thanks for listening. Offense coming up on Thursday. We will talk to you then. Everybody else, have a great week.